Welcome to The Owl Hoot, a podcast for the environmentally curious, with me, Caroline Norbury. On each episode, I chat with a guest who contributes in some way to protecting the planet on matters of climate change, sustainability, biodiversity and pollution. Here is a place where you can gain new knowledge and be inspired. Enjoy listening. Today, I am talking trees with Sabaha Hussein, a recent project assistant with the Woodland Trust. Following achievement of science A-levels, she has used her gap year to complete a UK year of service through the National Citizen Service Trust. She has worked at the Young People's Forest at Mead in Derbyshire, a Woodland Trust site which has previously been a coal mine. Tree planting has been at the heart of its transformation with the help of local people. I am keen to hear about the activities at Mead and Sabaha's experiences working with the Woodland Trust. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome her to the podcast. Hi. So I'm going to start by saying uh, and asking you, Sabaha, about your childhood and what that looked like in terms of were you connected with nature in any way? Did you go to parks? Did you appreciate the environment outside of your, uh, your home? Um, I did enjoy, I used to love playing in my back garden. It was probably my favourite thing to do. And in that sense, I did really like being outside. Um, I guess I was quite playful as a child. Um, but in the terms of like getting out in nature, I, I wouldn't say I got much exposure to that as a child, like being in the middle of a city. Okay. And so I know um, you've done a fair bit of volunteering, considering the, the age that you are uh, still quite young. You'd already had some contact with the Woodland Trust before this placement. What, what, how did you get involved with them the first time round? So the first time round, um, I was actually, I, a friend sent me a poster about the Youth Forum, um, just in the terms of like work experience, because I want to go into the environment and conservation. So in that sense, I was really excited to become part of something that was quite extracurricular um, and different. Um, and obviously, so like in depth with the environment and I was so into it but obviously I hadn't had that chance before so I became a volunteer as well as the youth forum member um, which is like encompasses everything so the youth forum obviously is more about the future of the forest whereas being a volunteer was more doing the practical things like planting trees and you know doing more things on site so yeah I loved it. Okay, and you said that you, you gave me the impression there that you were already thinking that you wanted to be involved in something environmental in the future. How did that yeah. come about? How did you decide upon that path? Um, so I've quite, I've always loved nature in that sense of like growing up, I quite like gardening. And in school, college, I quite like biology and the sciences. So when I, I quite liked zoology, like the idea of zoology when I was in like year 10, year 11, um, I thought that might be the degree I would like to take because I want to work with animals in the future, like that kind of area. Um, but then in college, when I did biology and I learned even more in depth about it, I was like, yeah, zoology is definitely the way I want to go. And obviously that is conservation because I'd like to go into wildlife rehabilitation. So although the work I did at the Wooden Trust isn't like entirely the like the wildlife part of it. It's still very much conservation and about the environment and you know helping the world be a better place. 
So you did your A-levels. At what point did you think, I'm going to do a gap year? And how did it, how did it work with getting involved with the NCS organisation? So obviously, you know, the COVID pandemic and how crazy that all was um, and trying to do A-levels through that um, and the way it all turned online and we had to, we didn't know the confusion between, we didn't know how exams were going to go through and we didn't know how universities are going to do their placements, not the placements, sorry, like how they're going to, how the, the conditions are going to work. Um, and Originally, before the pandemic, I quite wanted to do a gap year just to do like traveling, um, getting some work experience, because I thought if I know how hard it is after university for people to get work experience. So if I could take that year in between to gain some that I could actually use after university, that would be amazing. That would be ideal. Um, So I actually went back and forth with wanting a gap year. I was quite I actually applied for university to do it. Uh, to actually go last year but then when it came to and this opportunity with the NCS came up um, which basically was because I was part of the NCS program when I was like 16 17 which is actually where I met the Woodland Trust for the first time there was like a class about the young people's forest so it's all like circular but I had an email saying they're doing this new program the UK year of service which is like six to nine months where you will be placed in an organization to like develop skills and you will be helping the community in a way so I was going to apply to that but what happened was my now well my my then line manager Emily Moore actually reached out to me because I was already part of the youth forum and she said there's this exciting opportunity and you could actually work with us through your gap year so I wanted to do that anyway I knew it'd be hard to I couldn't get like a job there so I was going to like volunteer with them throughout anyways whilst maybe like working or doing other stuff through my gap year um so this was like like really ideal and she basically said we can get you um working here for nine months so I did like a backwards secondment if that makes sense but yeah no it was awesome so then it all kind of fell into place and I had a nine-month placement at the Woodland Trust. Oh, that's cool. So it sounds like your connections with the Woodland Trust were really, really already useful. And then mm-hmm. uh, did you connect with the NCS? Was that through school? So, yes, NCS, um, they came into our secondary school just to, like, um, advertise the summer programme. And I had already heard of it because my older sister went and loved it. So I was really excited and looking forward to it anyway. Um, so when they came with that, I was like, ah, oh, definitely agree to do that. So it was a, a great combination of the two things that you already had some experience of. Uh, you start your placement. What sort of things did you then get up to on your placement year? Okay, there, there was a lot. So just doing that, I did a LinkedIn post trying to give the highlights. Um, that took me like two weeks to figure out what I wanted to put in there because there was actually so much I got exposed through in those nine months. I want to say one of the biggest things was the amount of opportunities I got to do public speaking in different variations. There was also, I actually, there was, you know, okay, so the forest is... Um, focused on 10 to 20 year olds um so we have key groups in there so you already know about the young volunteers and the youth forum but we got a newer group for 10 to 13 year olds which is the junior rangers so staffing those 
um, activities was one of the main things I also did. So now I wasn't a student volunteer, not a student volunteer, sorry, a young volunteer. I was now actually the staff that was on teaching what they were going to do that that week. Um, so there was a lot of youth delivery. Um, I also took management on my own projects. So we had the Orchard of Hope, which is my biggest project, um, and that originated in the youth forum. Um, and that is a COVID memorial orchard. And um, after that idea, it actually got given to me as a project assistant to then um, develop and plan and actually start ordering the trees and like start planning how it's going to look on site. Um, and I've had other projects checking like wildlife on site with trail cams and designing some areas. So I had a warden legacy area. So designing areas. Um, so yeah, like absolutely crazy about okay so lots of different activities that you got involved with could you perhaps give us a bit of a vision of what the site um, looked like perhaps at the start and whether it changed over the time that you were there when we say mead what is it what is there already so when I first started with the Woodland Trust so when I was a volunteer um, I remember planting 18 trees for my 18th birthday and that was in phase two so all Together on site, we've planted uh, just over a quarter of a million trees. And when I first started, we were in the phase two of that. So this year we finished phase three. So each phase was like um, an, another planting year. So I'd like to say I've been there for the um, later half of it. And since then, we've obviously not just the planting trees, but we've put in the Orchard of Hope. We've put in the Wardler Legacy. We finalised the features that young people have drawn up um, and won in competitions to then what what they're going to look like on site. So we final so that was part of the youth forum. We finalised which features are going to actually go onto the site. So this year we're hopefully going to get a life-sized mushroom stool, um, which is going to be like seating um, on site. And it's just grown as a site, like you can tell, like more wildlife have actually come on the site. So this year and last year, the amount of skylarks, which is actually on the red endangered list on the RSPB, incredible amount of skylarks on site. And it's just been beautiful to see because you don't see that everywhere. And it's like it's it's really special to the site and you you I've been able to see the difference of how much it's grown um obviously being there so often it's been incredible so I mean it, it is incredible that you've been able to see a difference when we think of woodlands that they take a long long time to plant and grow don't they so the fact that you're already seeing differences from having planted those trees is quite amazing uh, an experience for you in terms of the Woodland Trust itself then, were you already familiar with what their ethos is? Could you explain to someone what the Woodland Trust does? Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty pretty familiar with their values that they'd like to make the UK a, a wildlife haven and a woodland haven for both animals and humans alike. Their values of like creating and sustaining and um, protecting our woodlands as is and just every year how they carry on enthusiastically to that goal of making you know increasing tree cover but also protecting our older trees um, that sometimes get forgotten because it's so exciting obviously create new woodland but it's so important to then also protect our older woodland because 
we can't reap the benefits if both aren't being managed. Um, so yeah, I definitely sure. right now, I'd, yeah, I have a much, much more in-depth knowledge of the Woodland Trust and what they what they value. Excellent. And in terms of mead itself, were there any trees on site before this mass planting began? Do you know? Yes, actually. So, uh, you know, you mentioned something earlier about how long people think trees take to grow. But it's incredible because once, so you already know how um, it was a, an open cast coal mine before it became a woodland. So every, when you're walking around there, you would not be able to, to tell because it's so, so rich in, in everything it, that it has now. Um, but once the coal mine actually like was closed and stopped, um, they planted like some trees, like as once they first finished, they planted some trees um, and they're actually about like 12 years old. And how tall they are, you wouldn't imagine they're only 12 year old. Like you walk past them and you ask like, oh guys, how, how old do you think these are? And they seem surprised that it's 12 year old. And I mean, I mean, I'd be surprised because you wouldn't think a tree grows that fast. But when you're walking around site, you actually see these trees growing. Like, wow, that's that's that I grew, I planted that last year, and wow, it's really like a meter high. Um, so no, it's absolutely awesome. So yeah, that was planted um, before they were uh, the Woodland Trust acquired it. We've also got some more veteran trees dotted across site, and that it's actually crazy because apparently when um, the coal mining was being done they left the veteran trees so they were apparently just on really really tall blocks of the ground uh, which probably was incredible to look at and quite weird but you wouldn't be able to tell if you walk around them now it just looks like an old tree but obviously that has seen the coal mining and has survived that and was left alone and then once it was all put back they've con continued to grow. Oh, that's that's a really nice visual of seeing this very old tree suddenly become surrounded <laughs> by new trees. Excellent. Um, in terms of uh, uh, tree planting has had, has hit the news quite a lot over the last two or three years in terms of being a very positive thing for the environment. And people think of it as in such a positive way, but it's not just about sticking any tree anywhere, is it? How did the site at Mead, for instance, um, how, how was it decided what trees would go where? So obviously the Wooden Trust only plant native trees. So it's a selection of native trees. I believe it's to do, I'm not entirely sure how it's selected, but I believe it is to do with what's growing at the moment. Maybe this, um, I assume a lot of like testing happens of the soil uh, and what would survive there and what conditions it's gonna grow. All of that goes into play once like the selection is then decided, but then you have like a whole selection that goes in Silver birch is one of the main ones that have gone into our site only because it grows quite fast. Um, and it, when, so you know the 12 year old trees I mentioned a while ago, you have, um, you have a couple of oaks, but you have like silver birches as well. And what that does is it protects the oaks whilst they're growing. So when they're old enough, they actually can be thinned out. So the oaks can then like grow out and grow bigger, um, which is quite cool. Um, but yeah, it, there, there's, um, a whole selection and they differ by site and obviously region and area. And have you got good at deciphering different types of tree as a result of your work? 
you know what i actually have and i get really excited because you're taking a walk around this this woodland and i'm like oh is this this and the site manager chris he'd say yeah you're, you're getting really good um and it's crazy because even when all the leaves fall off and before you just walk past like oh that's a tree but it's crazy because you can actually tell what trees were i mean is it i mean granted it's much harder when it like the leaves fall off but um yeah like the buds and like the way the twigs grow and but it, I mean it's easy in the summer like right now I'm having the time of my life walking around like oh that's a sycamore oh wait that's a oak you know it's just also and do you find because of that I mean your enthusiasm is, is amazing I love it um <laughs> but do you find when you're not at Mead you're elsewhere and you come across a tree you you, you instantly you zone in on it that, that perhaps you wouldn't have done having not had this experience hundred percent it's it's crazy because there's so much to learn about everything around you and you only get to know that when you meet experts in the field so because I have been I've been surrounded by like tree and wildlife and like environmental enthusiast for the last year or two yeah I get really excited when I walk past a tree like oh I know what tree that is guys like I do I do 100% I zone I, I take much more um I do key to what I'm going past and stuff a lot more now and at Mead it is the young people's forest what was the reason for it to be given that name and to sort of it gives me the impression that there is an inclusion of or an encouragement of the youth to get involved in the local area what was that do you know what the messaging behind that was why it's become the young people's forest I feel like I should ha I should definitely know more about this but I know it it, it came about because it's part of the I Will um, social action campaign dedicated to like youth action. And several people got their heads together and thought, you know what, having a, a specific site dedicated to young people, you know, the location is ideal between like Nottingham and Derby. Um, this, this site specifically for young people to use their voice and what they want woodlands to be. Because if you think about it, that's not, when you're going for a walk in the woodlands it's not you wouldn't your your the audience you have in mind are not young people so to change that narrative to change actually young people are the next generation and this is so so important having this site specifically for them and what they want to make it means that you know it's like it's giving us a chance to you know own up to it does that make sense? Like having yes. this area specifically for our voice. And has, has that meant being having young people's opinions and voices heard in the development of this forest and this woodland? Has it meant that it does look different to say it would have done if a lot of middle aged people have got together? I, I believe um, so the activities we have right now, like the, so we had an event, we had Mead Fest, we've had the Colour Run, we've had, we're obviously having all of these new features put in, we're going to have like a viewing platform put in just so I mean, yes, right now, maybe it doesn't look that much different, but like the activities we host on site, the young people we have, like the groups we have who are actually making these changes. Like we've already, we for the Jubilee weekend, we had the Junior Rangers make a huge Jubilee flag, and that's going to go on site. Um, the I Will Groves, the young people are designing. So, yeah, so when slowly, when the trees start to grow and more features get to be put in, 100%, it'll be, it'll be noticeable. Excellent. And you mentioned Mead Fest there. 
obviously it was a festival. What was it about? Uh, how did you draw people in? And did it uh, do what you hoped it would do? Okay, so the Youth Forum wanted to do, like, we, we were given the task to do an event, to draw people into the site, to make the site more known to people, because it's, like, quite tucked away. It's right next to Shipley Country Park, which people are used to going to. But going to the Young People's Forest is just like slightly tucked away to, to get people inside and, you know, really enjoy the area. Um, and also it's on the lead up to, I believe it's called the Big Green, the Great Green, the Great Big Green Week. So right, um, the the follow up to, no, not the follow up, sorry, like the build up to COP26. It was also about that and, you know, spreading awareness about that. Um, but the day was basically to, like I said, get people here. And it was, um, we had, and the colour run was part of that. So it was just, you know, like something fun. The colour run like did like a loop around the Young People's Forest. Again, bringing awareness, but also you get like pelted with colour. Like how cool is that? Um, but it was just a fun day. So we obviously, to get young people, we had different like musicians on. We had falconry, we had a climbing wall, we had archery, just like things to like, you know, draw people in. Um, and as the pilot run, obviously, it was the first time we ever did it, it was just an idea. Um, it did, it went really well, and people really, really enjoyed it. So again, we're doing it again this year, and it's going to be bigger and better. And I cannot wait to go. I cannot wait. Excellent. And have you found, um, are you aware that numbers of people visiting the woodland have increased as a result of doing these sorts of events? I mean, it's not like I've been there enough to, and like I've paid enough attention to like who's coming, who's going, but I'd, I'd hope so. I would think that spreading the awareness of this area, this beautiful site being here, and obviously people coming to planting days, they've already been there, they planted trees, that means something to them. And it's like over time it's obviously drawn more people in. And how many, do you know how many sorts of numbers there are of people actually coming to plant the trees that have been involved with that process? Ooh, I feel like that would be a really, really cool statistic to have. I know there is a banner up saying um, up to now we've had so and so many thousands of young people involved, which is awesome to see. Um, but it's a lot because we've obviously planted over a quarter of a million trees. Absolutely amazing. But no. A phenomenal amount. Obviously, it was fun to see like familiar faces coming every planting day, but no, we drew new people in every time, and you know, different classes and you know, university students, and just awesome. So, it, it's a big number. I know that. Yeah, and I can imagine if you have been involved in planting a tree there, it's a community experience, and it's as you say, it's you're connecting with nature. Uh, I imagine that is something that's lasting and people perhaps might want to visit their tree that they planted. So um, it's a really good way of drawing people back, I imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, the ethos that's created at a planting event, it's so unique and it's so beautiful because when I go around talking to these people, you know, they're here purely because they want to do something good for the environment. They want to, you know, get outside and meet other people. And it's, it's, it's genuinely, if you get the chance to go to a planting event, 100%, 100% recommend it. And do you have to sort of fend people off? Because, I mean, uh, are there only so many people that you can have planting trees? How does it work in terms of numbers? I feel like we we do try to get everyone who wants to get involved, involved. So it does get really hectic on planting days, but it is really worth it at the end. And I, for most of our planting events, it was as many trees as you wanted to plant. Like there wasn't a limit on it. So, no, it's just absolutely awesome. 
You did mention earlier that uh, you planted 18 trees on your 18th birthday, which is a really nice, nice way of remembering your 18th. Do you go back to where you've planted them? Do you know where your trees are? I know vaguely where they are. And yeah, they've shot up. It's crazy to think that I planted that about one and a half years ago. But now I know where vaguely they are. And it's quite a special walking past that. And I like pointing out the fact that, you know, I celebrated my not to brag, guys, but I planted 80 trees for my 18th birthday. That is a really nice thing to share with other people that may not have shared their 18th in a similar sort of way. So that's a really nice story. You, you obviously gained a lot of skills through doing this experience as well. What have been the sort of standout moments for you? Again, I bring up public speech to King a lot because although I, I, I tend to be quite bubbly, but public speaking is really scary. So I think one of my most favourite highlights was um, I did a speech on behalf of the Woodland Trust at the Nottingham COP26 march um, when the whole marches were having across the country for it and I really really enjoyed that because I was nervous before then but once I, I delivered that speech it, it felt so good and that that was definitely a key moment I think about when I think about the placement but also just meeting all these new different people and I believe throughout the nine months I've talked to, talked to so many different people like I've grown grown as a communicator so yeah it's, it's a lot of building different skills. And the connections that you've made, have they made you think about in terms of your, your future? You've become a community where you care about the environment or, or woodlands particularly. What, what, what joins you if, within that community that the people that you've met? They all, they all want a better future. They're all work, working towards that goal. Yeah, I've met incredible people, both like public and the staff alike. And, and you know, different different things you could do. Like you wouldn't think you could get a career in like um, so-and-so. Um, but obviously being in part of this placement, I've been exposed to all of these different career paths, which is amazing to see because it's like, wow, there's, there's so much more out there. You seem very positive in spite perhaps of quite difficult environmental situations that we that we face. Do you ever get worried by the enormity of the challenge on the environmental issues that currently face us? Eco-anxiety is obviously a huge thing about amongst young people because it's like, what? There's only so much we feel we can do without, you know, the people in power taking charge. But I know there's so many um, I know there's so many people fighting for the good change, but again, it is is daunting. It's because it's like if the people, like the government, aren't taking action, they're, they're not they're not doing what they're saying they're doing, or you know they're not they're not thinking it's as serious as it is. It's scary because you know what? It's us. It's gonna fall on to then fix it, and we're trying to fix it, but it only goes so far. So obviously, it's good. It's I mean, I try to be positive, but it's it does get daunting at times. And what are your hopes then on the back of these experiences and and managing the sort of enormity of, of the future? Uh, where do you hope your next steps will be? So with this experience, I've obviously been exposed to more of the like, climate issues I see, like I hope going forward, so I'm going to university to study zoology this September. <laughs> Exciting. Um, but I hope what this experience has done for me is I'll be much more vocal about um, issues. Yeah, and maybe 
take more charge with these issues. Yeah. So it sounds like the experience has given you numbers of a variety of different skills, but also the, the sort of drive. You sound like the kind of person that you had your eye on the prize already. You, zoology was your <laughs> was your your ambition, and you're striving towards it without any hesitation. Um, but it, it's. If, if it gives you the additional confidence to share your voice and connect with like-minded people, that can that sounds like a really positive thing that it's given you. A hundred percent. So what university are you hoping to go to or has that already been sorted? Do you know where you're going? Yeah, so do you know how I said I applied like a year ago yes. and then actually got deferred? So luckily I didn't have to do the whole personal statement, all of that extra stress that was the stress I did when I did my A-levels you know there was a lot of stress but um, I'm going to Swansea University in Wales um, yeah and to study zoology with an industry year. And have you have you looked in the Woodland Trust magazine to work out where the nearest woodlands are? <laughs> you know what it's not funny because I actually have like I actually was on this meeting about this new site they were developing and I heard Swansea as part of it. So I searched it up and apparently it's a 30 minute, a 30 minute drive, I believe, or something um, to the site. And you can actually see the university from the site. So I've already messaged the site manager saying, uh, you know, I'd love to get involved with any opportunities um, and, you know, just help out. So, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to carry on um, volunteering for the World of Trust. Oh, that's great. It's great that you've, you've, you've got this connection to trees and the Woodland Trust and that's uh, going to go on to the future. I bet the, I bet the Derbyshire team are going to miss you, for sure. <laughs> so as, as we come to uh, a closing couple of questions, Baha, what, what would you hope that in 2050 the outlook for woodlands would look like in the UK? Have you got a vision of what that might might be? 2050. I hope our tree cover has increased, but I also hope the the veteran trees are being protected because I believe right now the veteran some of the veteran trees aren't actually legally protected. So I hope the government do step up and start, you know, taking proper actions. But yeah, no, I just hope I hope we we've increased our tree cover. Does it feel like I mean it's thirty well it's less than thirty years for you as a young person? Does it feel quite difficult to imagine 30 years in, in the future yeah like I I don't really know how to answer that question because I I've not lived 30 years yet so thinking that far ahead I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure no yeah no that's absolutely that's a good answer <laughs> absolutely fine through your experience with with this placement and your previous volunteering has it altered other things that you might do, um, like in the home? Is it, or do you? I mean, do you talk to your family about the sorts of environmental and the nature-based solutions that you're involved with with them? And has it changed any sort of the dynamic within your family and friends? I believe so, because obviously having all of this new information means that me as a person, I operate differently. So, I mean, if something comes up, I, I'm obviously thinking of the sustainable side and, you know, helping the wildlife, helping the trees. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's de definitely translated in the way I do things day to day and how I, you know, if my friends were to say, if they came up with a problem or something, I'd, yeah. And do your friends get it? Are they are they are they like minded in their approach to nature and woodlands and what have you, or or, or have you got a bit of a sell to do in, in terms of protecting them? 
I wouldn't say I, they're as invested as me. I know, obviously, people do understand, like, woodlands help nature, but it's it's so much more than that. So obviously talking to me, like, I get quite, I quite get quite passionate. So no, I mean, the people around me don't really hold the same passion. But, you know, I'm always there. I'm always there to tell them about it, so it's okay. Well, it's been super talking to you, Sabaha, and I think your enthusiasm and your passion with, with whoever you're with at the time, you can't not enjoy being in your company for that alone. So thank, thank, you, so thank you for sharing your experiences and uh, very much best of luck in Swansea. I'm sure you're going to have a fabulous time. Thank you so much. You're thank you so welcome. much. It's been amazing talking to you. What a delight it was to chat with Sabaha. Her enthusiasm when talking about her woodland experiences was infectious, and it seems her placement has strengthened her passion for nature, extended her knowledge and developed her interpersonal skills. Woodlands are so special, and it was lovely to hear how the landscape at Mead has been transformed through young people for young people. We need everyone to love nature to ensure it's adequately protected. You can find out more about the Woodland Trust through the links in the show notes. I'd like to thank Andy Shaw for audio editing, Jeremy Jones for providing the music, and to you, of course, for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to get automatic access to each new episode. And it would be lovely if you could rate, review and share the podcast too. It really helps. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>